Life is life. life. I'm really profound. It's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, and technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to learn, and to listen to loud music. Sometimes loud music created by computers. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hey, I'm Rob Stenzinger. Hey, baby. <laughs> hey, love. I um, for some reason, what's it? What's that song by Rush where it's uh, Spirit of the Radio? <laughs> yeah, and it's the it's it's there's a definitely a bit of a video killed the radio star pride a pro, Well, there's yeah. Uh, okay, Honey Rush didn't sing that. No. Uh, <laughs> Well, I thought we were changing this, you know, the the thing I started to try to share oh. into blurting out um, <laughs> this nostalgic 80s music references. So, all right. Metallica, kill them all. <laughs> I'm sorry. The only thing that came to mind was Michael Jackson Thriller. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. We're still playing. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. What were you going to say about Rush? Oh, Anyway, you you dropped a spoiler for my my pick later, which I shouldn't have shared. So the um, it was uh, a teaser. You didn't have I to said, say anything. Sure, eh, fair enough. So the um, uh, the compu- so computers and making music with computers was sort of um, uh, mm, positioned as the easy way out in the song "Spirit of the Radio." Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it, to in a in a kind of a very righteous way right where oh sure um let's see all this machinery making modern music can steer the open-hearted not just that it's hard it's really just a question of your honesty yeah your honesty (laughs) so yeah they they had a a stance i'm yeah i'm pretty sure rush would not like my pick (laughs) we'll see what happens later we'll see what happens so um, we're not going to talk about Rush the whole podcast tonight. Mm-mm. Just, just in, when there's an opportunity. Just in bits and in streaks. Mm-hmm. Yep. What was it? We did one of our previous podcasts where we worked, I think, polar bears in throughout. Yeah. 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 I, it's going to be like that. Things. You, you get in a mood, a polar bear mood, Rush mood. It That's right. But tonight we are going to talk about comics. That's awesome. Right? I like comics. I think they're pretty cool too. What do you like about them? Um, I like it's there's a kind of approachability and an immediate expressiveness that I find the the high, like really high highs and, and low lows is, and like the quite a ride as a reader. I agree. It's very it's a very engaging art form. Mm-hmm. Um, a certain comic can kind of grab you and suck you in immediately. Um, and we love to read, right? We love books and comics and, and all sorts of different types of media. But, um, you know, uh, a book with just words can be fantastic and it can be wonderful to kind of dive in and kind of create those images in your in your mind yourself. Um, but it doesn't have the same kind of the way it grabs you as a comic does, in my opinion. Like Okay. I just find that the art really grabs and kind of draws me into some stories. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically there's another chance for the concepts to sink in. And, I mean, the information is encoded in multiple ways that overlap, and maybe some parts of the information are being um, 
only told in one in one of those signals, right? So you could have someone sitting at a table with with just pouring, you know, putting some salt on an, on an egg, right? And thinking about, um, but in 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 their mind that we get to hear, you know, read and 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 sort of hear their thinking, they could be thinking about, uh, I don't know, like global warming or how their you know best friend is super depressed or whatever. I mean, it just that's. You know, and then that, and all of a sudden, yeah. there's this this mundane act takes on a whole different context. Absolutely, it's very yeah. It's it's a pretty great medium. It's 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 incredible. I really like it. Yeah, and it was just recently um, here in the U.S. It was just recently Free Comic Book Day, mm-hmm. which is one of our favorite holidays of the years. Yep, the first Saturday in May. The first Saturday in May, and for folks that don't know, Free Comic Book Day is an amazing event where local comic shops will have um, some free comics to give out. So you visit the comic shop, and um, you go home with some, you know, curated by a kind of a panel of folks, but um, with a free comic. Well, and it it has changed over the years too, because I know in, in some years it would be. Um, and it depends on the comic shop and whatnot, right? Because I mean, the comics is comics in the U.S. is an interesting, um, like split industry. So if you have you have things that are being sold in, um, and it, it, and what's funny, it's it's it depends on the where the money flows. Like, and this is just my simple simplistic understanding, but you have the traditional book publishing aspect of comics, sure, and then you have um, like as in you know publishing houses that publish other prose and books of many types, right? Okay, But then sure. you have the, like, the more, the floppy comic industry and, and um, you know, trade paperbacks and all that stuff. And that is more about um, distribution through essentially one company, even though other companies are, you know, creating and, and they're publishers that are separate. But like, it's it's a different distribution mechanism, which leads to this the, our quirky business business that has had lots of ups and downs and mostly downs in recent years, which is the the local comic shop where, or, and, or the, um, low shops that are also fed through that same mechanism. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's fun. And so free comic book day is more about that local comic shop thing. And, and yeah. And what I saw this year was, a pretty well-funded situation where we weren't getting comics that were um, from years, years past that were essentially free because they, um, the, they're the, the local shop is stuck with them. Right. Right. It's that, um, uh, I mean, it's, it's a marketing event. Right. Yeah. And I think it really has been for the last few years. I mean, I can, I mean, I think we've, we've experienced that the last couple of years and we've gone to different size, I will say different, different size comic shops. And right. in some cases, you know, they would have their free comics on one shelf and they would say, you may pick two, you know, mm-hmm. of whatever you choose. But they were all stamped free po- comic book day, um, you know, printed free comic book day. And they might have a couple others, like you said, like a, a bin or two of, yeah, and here's some stuff we, you know, are giving away as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this year we did go to the big comic shop in town, you know, where the line is out the door and around the corner, and they just... Literally, yeah. Yeah, and they give you a fantastic bundle of free comics. 
It was a heavy bag. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. So much bigger than I expected. It's it was wild. Um, and they have um they have an all ages bag and an adult bag, so mm-hmm. that the kids really get some cool, um, awesome comics. Mm-hmm. I thought, and I think it it is pretty great experience, right? So when I say it's a marketing event, I think it was maybe in a few years past more like not as embraced of an opportunity, right? Where um, where it was more about the local shop knowing that it's important, where now it seems like the whole, like, the industry has is creating free comic book day curated things to help hook you into their series oh, and sure. stuff, right? Where, like, that's, that's, um, that's, a, that, that takes a lot of planning. That's a big that yeah, has a well, huge like, effect on what they're yeah. on their process, I would imagine. Yeah, and like I mentioned, um, and we'll put links in the show notes, but there is a panel of um, you know industry folks that get together and, and make those determinations and kind of oh. put a lot of that together. Nice, yeah, I didn't know that. From publishers to artists to um, the comic shop, the comic houses. Um, so they coordinate. Yes, like not just within themselves, but among each other. Um, it sounds like it to a certain extent with this panel, yes. Huh. And then they they'll then they'll list because you can actually go on the website and see what the titles are for the free comic, and they have different levels. And I didn't even realize this because we've gotten from different places, but they have the silver. You know, here are the silver level, here are the gold level, and I don't know what the difference is. Um, it's probably the the amount of uh, sales that this comic shop. Support. No, for the actual comic. So they'll say, oh, here's the gold level, Teen Titans, this comic, and they'll show you the actual comics, and here's the silver level. So I don't know if it's, hmm. um, you know, if it's more indie comics and, and then some mainstream comics. I don't know oh. what the breakdown is, but you can hmm. go out and look um, before free comic book day so that you know what comics are, are, are out there. Oh, that's really neat. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. So we'll put some links in. Um. What do you know when the first free comic book day was? Oh, at least by this curated group panel group. Like, I, there oh, could have really? been some smaller indie events that I don't know of, but I would say, how about 2008? 2002. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm hmm. Yep. The free first comic book day event was held in 2002. Oh. Okay, that's definitely earlier than I would have thought. I know, right? Hmm. And I don't know if that was just, you know, three locations and then it kind of spread from there, but that's what they talk about at freecomicbookday.com, right? <laughs> so so uh, mysterious. I know. I know. You guys are going to have a hard time finding that one. We'll put a link in so you don't have to <laughs> search that down. Nice. Um, have you ever made a comic? I have made a lot of comics. I know. Have um so, that was a planted question. Uh right, right. And we've made some comics too. We've done some yeah. comic experiments. Um so yeah, with uh Babies Love Comics and the cuteness or the yeah. Yeah, the cuteness. And uh those Zoe, were the ones we Zoe collaborated Zeus. on. And uh yeah, and then what uh the project that, that I started publicly to, you know, really jump into making comics was Art Geek Zoo. And I subtitled it later, The Way of Sound, which is, was about a um, a couple of buddies who one of them happened to be a very talented uh, guitarist with stage fright, a penguin named Pick Wingve, and his buddy, uh, Crunchy, the mystical guitar. And uh, they, they, you know, got into this, this prestigious school and 
has to have to start dealing with their creative issues and form a band and start going on adventures and stuff. It's an awesome story. Oh, you're very sweet and biased, but thank you. Um, what did you think of that project? What did you love about that project? If anything, maybe you didn't love anything about that project. I loved a lot about that project. Um, it's, let's see, to pick one thing, it, uh, let's see, I think I got better at everything by doing that project. Maybe except oh, like being a friend or something like that and, and uh, like whatever. I mean, like if, like life roll hats aside, like everything that had to do with creativity and, and, um, career, profession, everything. Yeah. Uh, that comic helped me level up. That's awesome. Or, and clarify, right? Where it's, you know, it, it just was this, um, I don't know, this, this thing that was a project all my own, except I mean, I collaborated with uh, Pete Gilbertson for a while on it. That's right. You guys did do some collaboration with uh, yeah. writing and art. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, he was a writer for, for, I don't know, I forget about 20, 20 or 30 of the comics somewhere in there. I, I, love, I forget, but um, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, so like I went through a lot as a, as an artist where, sure. I was working on like the in a nutshell um I got inspired to do this thing like you know you like I do there's there's um so many it was like web comics were starting to really take off at that yeah, point yeah that was and, the big kind of web comic launch and I found so much of that work at the time inspiring and you know anything ranging from you know dinosaur comics to XKCD to Penny Arcade to um, even, even like re- recurring things that weren't exactly a comic, but like, you know, homestarrunner.com. Oh, yeah. Like that. And I just wanted to have this more recurring, uh, creative outlet that I could engage and serve an audience and, and, uh, you know, delight and engage in trade. Right. Sure. And, uh, I was not, I wasn't getting that feedback loop by working on the video game projects I had been. And, um, I'd stalled. And had really mixed success with with those things, but then this uh, this how I chose to commit to it was really informed by how the stuff people recommended at the time. The community was all about, yeah, you put out a comic on a schedule, yes, try to do it multiple days a week, and you don't stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I remember those days. Oh my gosh. Very clearly. It was you know, it was jumping into that was was it affected me a lot. Um it and so like I grew and adapted and and became better at at making stuff and the whole creative process. Um yeah, so anyway, like that's I like that a lot. Um Do anyway. you ever do you ever get the the itch f- to pick up that that specific story again, uh, the story of Pick and Crunchy, a lot. I mean, if you looked at my journal, probably. I, I don't. I don't actually look at your journal. <laughs> That's something. I it's should hard be doing. for me to look at my journal, to be honest. It's because I I, I, I write things in, in a few different places and whatnot, and um, I've recently gotten a bit more organized about that. And it's, yeah. I mean, I've 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 started stories a lot, thinking about those characters in that world and what I would do. Oh, now. that's cool. Yeah. So, um, because yeah, I mean, I wrapped up for essentially four chapters and then I did a couple of mini comics and that they were like little side stories. 
in in the sort of couple years after that. And then I did, I did it, I don't know, I, and then not that much, but dabbling here and there with, with comics. But then I, I, I did a little mini comic project. I, I did mini comics multiple times, actually, because I made um, the, um, uh, what ended up being named uh, Toughest Hippo Goes to Bunnytown. Toughest Hippo did go to Bunnytown. Yeah. And I th- think about revising or refining or sequeling that too. Um, and yeah, but anyway, this last, let's see, 2018, I did another comic called Two Pizza Team. Yeah. Yeah. In a, oh, let's see, the subtitle is uh, In a Situation Called No Trash Talk. No Trash Talk. <laughs> I have a feeling there's trash talk in that. Yes. And there's trash <laughs> that talks as well. That's true. So. <laughs> Gosh, so many layers. Yep. Yep. You got to, you'll get hit by the layers eventually. Eventually. So when, um, when and where can we find the next Art Geek Zoo? Mm. No idea. Oh. It battles with multiple projects that I started <laughs> and, and didn't, didn't continue. Um, cause I was working on a, pro- a project called Ghost Brawlers. That was, um. Basically, about, oh, I really liked the story that you had there. You had some really great story in there, at least the stuff that oh, I read in your journal. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I leave it all over the place. Uh, yeah, it, so there was yeah, Ghost Brawlers and then uh, Two Pizza Team. So, yeah, I mean, Art Geek Zoo in some way, shape, or form, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I revisited at some point, but I couldn't tell you when. Um, all right, so no big announcement then on that one. No All right. surprise. Um, what about you? I mean, do you think about um, reading some comics? Into a comics project again at some point? <laughs> I think about supporting you as you do comics projects again. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, and I like for me, I'm just really enjoying um, consuming that. Um, genre of of book of reading mm-hmm. and enjoying it with the kids and enjoying things with you and enjoying comics. So no, I don't have an itch to kind of pick up or dust off or re- or write some more stories. It may come someday, but not at the moment. Okay, I think similar to you, it's just um, with all the other things on my plate and on my list. That's where I'm at. Yeah, those darn side projects. Um, we, we have a few there. I mean, so, so fun, so challenging, mm-hmm. hard to make time, but yeah. All right. I have some rapid fire questions. Rapid fire. Rapid fire questions. Cause we're talking about comics. Okay. All right. Your favorite comic book character of all time. Uh, it's probably, I did not meet this character in comic book form initially, but, um, maybe Goku. But oh. it's a tough call between Goku and Ghost Rider. As far as like my comics pur- purchasing actual physical comics, it would be then a, um, a toss-up between um, Ghost Rider and Invincible. Oh, that's right. Invincible. That was a fun mm-hmm. one. Yeah. That was a really good fun comic. But what character in Invincible? Uh, what's his name? Mark Grayson. Oh, okay. The main the main kid. Yeah. Um. You kind what of, about you? Shoot, Do you, you have, just kind of answered that one. Uh, I know. I kind of... You're really good at rapid fire. Uh, my favorite comic book character, uh, again, similar to what you were saying, not introduced through the actual comics, but I would say Luke Cage. Oh, 
um, and really enjoyed um, kind of learning and, and meeting that that character. Um, and then through the comic books, initially, um, Captain Marvel in the form of Miss Marvel, mm. Ms. Marvel, um, would be my other one. Gotcha. Which, what, the uh, Carol Danvers, the one that... Yeah, the uh, Carol Danvers, the Kelly Sue, yep. Deconic. Did mm-hmm. I say that right? I think so. I'm close. Forgive me, Kelly Sue. Um, yeah. That that version of the story. Love, love, love. That was, yeah, super fun. So, okay. Nice. Any more rapid fire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, favorite comic book movie? That's tough. Um, I would say probably Thor Ragnarok. Mm, that's a good one. How about you? Can I pick the same one? Of course. It's a Okay, I'm going to say Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, fair enough. Um, that was it because you already answered my other ones that I had on my rapid fire list. Okay. Well, I could have other answers. What was your favorite comic book as a uh, kid, I say as a as a as a baby. <laughs> as a, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. I I really had a tough time with uh, comics aimed at kids, as you know, I, you know, just encountering them. Where I, I just wasn't into like the Harvey stuff and Casper the Friendly Ghost and whatnot. I just um, kind of shrugged my shoulders at it. So growing up, I was I didn't really get into comics until I was a teen. And then I was blown away by, uh, let's see, Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh, nice. Where it's kind of like, you know, peak artsy thought time in my teens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a very, um, uh, it's a wild twist on like an interpreting like the style of comic storytelling in and of itself. And plus it's dark and gritty and grumpy and rawr and, and like very, it, it's right up a, you know, a, a teenager looking for dark adventures alley. Right? Sure. Um, but then pretty quick after that, uh, Ghost Rider, um, I was, I was walking through a, um, a, a chain that no longer exists, but it was Schindler's, um, books and more or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, they had quite a few comics. There was pretty, you know, that was, I thought of it as a comic shop, but they had, they had a bunch of magazine stuff. But anyway, walking through, um, <laughs> the, the Shenders, there was a skull in a leather jacket with his head on fire. <laughs> and it was like, like just standing in the comic shop. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really bright. Can you aim that somewhere else? And also, do you want to know any good comics? Okay. And, that would be that would be um, life altering. I think if that were to happen to me. Yeah, turns out that that left an imprint, so I ended up liking Ghost Rider. Oh, mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah, um, and that I mean, Ghost Rider is just this whole severe sense of fairness and justice and all that stuff, and it just resonated with so, your teenage self. So judgy, so grumpy, <laughs> so on fire in an awesome motorcycle, and. Uh, you know, the only thing that disappointed me about Ghost Rider those years of Danny Ketch was the uh, the song that was on the Crow soundtrack called Ghost Rider. Sorry, Henry Henry Rollins. <laughs> well, I similarly did not connect with or identify with comics as a kid growing okay. up. Like, 
I can remember getting one or two like Archie comics and not oh. enjoying them. Just not finding them. They just didn't they were they were trite to me at the time. Like I needed something angsty mm. and not so bubblegum. And I and I didn't have access to or didn't know how to kind of come across that. Mm. I remember reading a couple uh, Batman and Spider Man comics uh, that I did enjoy, but you know, just kind of one or two mm-hmm. through my entire like childhood and teen years. <laughs> you know, nothing that clearly nothing that I was able to then you know kind of follow up or consume. I think the first comic that I really got into was after you and I had met. Mm-hmm. And that was um, the Meridian comic. Mm. I loved that story. Yeah. I remember, I remember CrossGen. I missed that company. They had so many good titles. Yeah. And their, their house style of art and all that stuff was oh, mind-blowing. I loved the art. I mean, that's really what drew me to the story was, was the art. Yeah. And it's funny because, and I should probably go back and look at some of those old um, comics and look at who the artists were, because there are comics today. I find myself drawn to that very same style. Like if I'm walking through a comic shop, I'll pick up things that look very, very similar to that. Super, there's a significant chance that there are um, elements of that team. Yeah. Around. Around, yeah. Doing stuff. Yeah, and I, this is where my yeah I, I'm not a not a strong industry knowledge person on that, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised. Then so I have one more. It's not really rapid fire because this is really slowed down. This is what's the opposite of rapid fire? Um, Slow and swampy, thoughtful. So, um, trudging. I have another trudging. Slow and thoughtful is way better than <laughs> swamp trudging. <laughs> I have another swamp trudging question for you. Mm. What is, and if you don't have one, you don't have one, but what is your favorite more artsy comic that you have? So I'm thinking more coffee table book style, or maybe it's even. Oh my God. There's one I want to get that I don't have that I've, I was at a friend's house who had it and it's the, um, it's Jack Kirby's New Gods. Oh, I, you've talked about this with me. It's 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 awesome because there's a um, there's these large coffee table size art. Um, I think are they artist edition or what? I'm ah I'm, uh, I'm failing to um, remember the name of it, but it's essentially the the comic as it was put through the development process just before it got like scanned and colored and, and all that. Right. So it is inked, but you can see like corrective, um, corrective whiteout, white paint and then oh, redrawing and you can see notes and the margins and all this stuff. And so it's, it's, um, it's the real comic and it's sometimes it's combined because you can read the story. So you oh, do have, le- you have lettering and stuff in there too, but sometimes it's a hybrid of uh, like some information changed so much and they don't have that part of the page. So then you get the regular page mixed in with the art edition thing. And it's, uh, and, and this isn't the only one of those books. There's, there's a bunch of them, but it's, 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 it's mind blowing. It's, it's, it's inspiring to see that work. Um, not in its finished form and you get to see it's a glimpse into the process and and also seeing comic masters 
closer to where they're at the art desk. Yeah, doing their thing. That's yeah. awesome. So it's it's yeah, I I I want that that dang book. That's really cool. <laughs> I love that. Um, is, is there any inspiring thing that, I mean, does that rapid fire question work for you as well? Yes. Oh, sweet. You bought me early on when we were dating um, Wolverine Origins. Mm, yeah. Um, a big kind of art version of that. Yeah, it's a hard hardbound. Yeah, hardbound. And it's beautiful. Mm. Like the art is amazing in that. Yeah, I, re- I remember that one. It's uh, it was like Logan as uh, more in the eighteen hundreds or something like that. Just as a farmer. Well, parts. Like I mean, that. there's Part lots of, of yeah. different things. In that yeah. Story. So, wild. Yeah. He doesn't farm through the whole story. It's the- <laughs> sure. <laughs> Here he is planting the crops because it's a full moon. Here he is tending to the crops. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Those were all of my. Swamp questions. Okay. Hmm. Oh, nope. Lied. Have one more. What's that? Wolverine shucking corn with his bone claws? <laughs> it's an origin story, so it's kind of before he has. Oh. The vibranium claws. I said bone claws. That's what they were before they were vibranium. Oh. Or not vibranium. Ah, come on. Adamantium. <laughs> I know. I know. I you did. got me. I did. Oh, you're funny. Um, thinking back, so I'm going to take you back to free comic book day. Okay. Do you have a favorite memory of any of the free comic book days that we've gone to? Hmm. I think, I mean, my, my favorite thing is, is, um, being there with our kids. I mean, seeing our daughters joyfully explore this place of, uh, creativity and imagination yes watching them get excited about different things or what they gravitate towards it's wonderful i have one memory um i don't know if it's my favorite memory but it's just what i have keep thinking back to i have two actually (laughs) um so i'll tell the bad one first (laughs) so it was a couple years back and we were at a small comic shop i won't say where and it was a fantastic comic shop and they had a, a great thing going on and they had artists there, you know, so you could, you know, buy directly from artists and they could, you know, do little drawings and sell stuff to you. But the way, and, and all of it was, was fantastic, but the way that the store was laid out, you had to stand in line to check out, you know where I'm going. I know where you're going. <laughs> you had to stand in line to check out for anything you were going to purchase. And it was kind of a long line, but the way the line wrapped around... You stood in line. There's this giant table of um, adult-only comics that you basically had to stand at for quite a long time mm-hmm. while you were in this line. And there we were with our little kids, and we had spent, you know, all of this time digging through boxes. This is a place to grab comics and look at them. Yeah, and looking on shelves and and digging through things. And oh, it was. I don't know why. It was just really funny. It was just. Poorly laid out for that particular day. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, that was super awkward. It was we funny. Like, uh, what's this over here? Oh wait, that's a uh, an awkwardly posed Catwoman statue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about? 
Yeah, it was funny. What so, comic you have in your hand? Yeah, let's look at these guys. So, um, it was fun though. Um, the, the the event overall that was that was kind of awkward. And then the other memory I would say was just even from this year, and mm. that is we happened to get to the big comic shop in town, the Source, which does just such a wonderful job with um, free comic book day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Source and, comics and games. Amazing shop. Amazing shop. They do shop. so much for the local community of comics and all that stuff. Yeah, and even they had uh, you know a house full of local artists mm-hmm. um, set up um, as well. Uh, but we got there shortly after they opened, so there was still the giant long line outside and around the building. And there were volunteers there dressed up as superheroes. And so, like, and really well dressed up as superheroes. Yeah. So we got pictures Some with... A-game cos- cosplay going on. Yeah. We got pictures with Captain America, Batman, uh, Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. um, Punisher. Yep. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was just nice. It, it, it kept you entertained, your time in line. And they were very friendly and, and just very, very kind and, mm-hmm. and asking people if they wanted photos and just kind of really, you know, they had a couple of poses they would do with you. And it was really nice. Yeah. Very clever setup. Again, like the line was pretty surprisingly long, but then the, but everyone's spirits were high and yeah. just people had a good time. And uh, that's, it just was very well orchestrated. Uh, because it's one of those things where this isn't it's not a tiny comic shop and it has a decent sized parking lot it's not like a you know a big box store parking lot but it's solidly you know appropriate it's size big enough it used to be a guitar center when i was growing up it was a guitar center oh interesting i can and, see that um, yeah and uh then but the, for this event it's like a festival and and there's so many people like they're parking for blocks and blocks oh yeah we walked at least a half mile in through the neighborhood yeah you know you're just parking in front of somebody's house and walking back to this place (laughs) so i'm not sure if they send a flyer saying hey everybody free comic book day is coming just so you know (laughs) Um, yeah they must do something i bet they do they're really cool so what uh what do you think I think I'm ready for picks. Oh my gosh, that comic talk went so fast. Okay, picks time. Picks time. So, at, every time we record, we do we do some picks um, to celebrate things we're interested in related to art and science. I'm and gonna so, pick my ear. What are you gonna pick? You pick your ear. Well, <laughs> hmm, is that for art or science? <laughs> no, I was just changing it up there. <laughs> no, I'm gonna do science today. Okay, nice. Good thing that I have an art pick ready. Love it when a plan comes together. Are you ready for your science pick? I am. Nice. Go for you it. You want me to go first? Oh, sure. My science pick today, because we are entering the spring and summertime here in the U.S., my science pick is Save the Bees. Ooh, tell me more. Well, and this is a very specific um, Save the Bee um, movement that I that I have here today because I didn't know about this. When it's really hot out, apparently, I'm laughing because I didn't know this, bees get really warm. You know, they, they go to, you know, lots of flowers every day. They're pollinating all day long. They are very busy. And apparently, bees have a bit of a challenge finding fresh water. No to way. Like, to, like, hydrate. 
because where they do find water sources, they are very likely to drown. Oh, no. Yeah. So there are all of these really fun and nice um, blog posts about how to make a, um, a bee waterer or a bee watering station. Wow. Yeah. And so think about like when you have a house plant and that, that little plate that you get to set the house plant on. Yeah. Right. So think about those. It holds like overflow water as the soil gets soaked, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that little ceramic plate, right? So take a big one of those and then put a bunch of stones in it. You can either put like rocks or you could put the pretty glass beads that you use for like indoor flower arrangements. And then you fill that with water. No way. And then the bees can land on the little stones, get their drink. Is this real? This is totally real. And there's lots of different ways. There's other people that do like like a deeper um, bucket and then put a bunch of rocks in it and then fill it. Because that you're not going to have to refill as often when it's hot and you're just doing this little layer while you're out there. As you're describing this, I'm like, oh, how can I automate this? <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, well, refilling that thing, you know, that's, no, no I've got a hot job. Right. Well, it's not going to take much because there's not going to be much water there. So, um, and you know, they say put it in the shade, but have a little bee watering station. And then if you have... How do they find them? They say they'll find them. They're bees. They figure a lot of stuff out. Okay. They'll figure out a safe place to get water and then they can get, they can get little drinks. They sit on your little glass beads, they drink their water and away they go. Uh, All hydrated and ready to rock. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Isn't that pretty cool? So hmm. I'm going to be making some bee hydrating stations. And then I think the really cool thing is then if you put them by some of your, your flowers, right? So they're out there pollinating, they can stop and get a drink and off they go. Oh yeah. A little bit of, a little bit of enlightened self-interest because it lets you uh, help the bees help you. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Put that one of those puppies in your garden. Help me help you. Yeah. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> That is my science pick, and we'll put some links to some some examples and samples that I have um, been looking at. I, that, that's awesome. I can't wait for us to make some of those. Um, okay, so... What do you got, art man? Oh, I have... Uh, ironically, so I'm a, I'm a fan of... Uh, like, I like guitar. I like guitar with distortion in it, and I enjoy both playing music that has a little bit of up temponess to it and consuming it as well, right? And um, music with up temponess in some it. Some would call it speed metal. Some okay. would call it melodic death metal. Some would depends on the band, right? And and the and the name got more complicated. With an upbeat tempo. Oh, like ballroom music. <laughs> Keep going higher. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking like one one sixty beats per Polka's minute. Got, plus. Polka's got an upbeat. To yeah, it. yeah, oompa oompa. Yeah, not quite there. Okay, that's not what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. the, it'd be like four times the oompa. Um, so, all right, I have a pick that's that's essentially. Uh, I could could make an argument for it to be science, but it's too much an art experimental thing. Uh, there's a project called uh, Dada Bots that they have made. Um, Wasn't that the name of a band? I don't know. So there's the Dada movement in art, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to look. You keep going. Yeah, okay. So Dadaism is what I would look up. But like, um, 
so the neural so there's this is a neural network that's that generates um, death metal, and this um, is crazy. This is this crazy. Link. Friend of mine sent me a link, and I'm like, what? And I, you know, I wanted to make sure I was somewhere where I could, you know, crank it up and listen to it and all that. And I, when I first, you know, pulled this up, which there's essentially a neural network generating, this is their own words, technical death metal via live streaming 24-7. Wow. And so I heard about this maybe a month-ish ago. And so it had been going like a week or two at that point. And I'm like... What's happening? And and the, there's like this weird ambient. Oh, it's all quiet. And so part of part of the you know you think metal is very dramatic, right? Overall, it's like yeah, there's a variety of flavors and stuff. But the, a lot of times the the idea in this kind of music is to have um, a contrast of emotion, so you can you can raise the intensity, you know, kind of like how comics can set you up for. Or, or a lot of art you can set you up for something and then juxtapose it with something different, and all of a sudden the difference between those things gets you, uh, gets you somehow. Sure. And so this, this I, I tune into it, and it's like kind of nothing's happening. It's making this wow, wow, droney thing, mm-hmm. and and a little bit of maybe a hint of a guitar that is uh, getting some feedback in the background, but it's not clear. And all of a sudden. Whoa! A beat kicks in, and it's like a singer goes, and like it's exactly what it sounds. And it's like, like it's gibberish, right? And or maybe it's Portuguese-ish. I don't know for sure. Because <laughs> reading it more more about it, it um, this is wild. So this project is research that um, this team. Uh, let's see. I'll click on this research thing so I can. Um, nope. 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 I clicked off the research. So essentially they put together a paper where they tried to generate, um, let's see, a few genres of music. And I think this is their, their kind of most successful genre because they had one that they tried to do rock with the Beatles and it's an interesting album. Like you go to their band camp and you, and it's essentially, I don't know, roughly 30 tracks. And the idea of a, of a, a recurrent neural network is think of it like, um, voting with data and you wait l- saying that so it is it, it's guided machine learning and so this is stuff that this is not my day-to-day you know wheelhouse sure. right i've taken a workshop on machine learning i've you know dabbled or whatever but like i'm a dabbler so you know take what i have to say with a grain of salt but uh there's a bit of um there's a bit of randomality there's a bit of feeding it data and there's a bit of of uh, of someone guiding it saying yeah you're on the right track okay and so over generations there's a um uh adapt- adaptation and improvement what do you mean over generations generations of attempts think of it as but in a way it's it's the uh um it's the idea of a uh, genetic algorithm so like mm-hmm. like genetics where over generations things can get corrected gotcha. or, or adjusted based on their environment and stimulus. So then um, you're providing that sort of feedback to whatever music comes out and then the next generation is more in line 
toward the direction you thought was more successful in that prior generation. And so after 30 attempts of this, mm-hmm. it it's like, so the Beatles one sounds like total junk in the beginning where it's almost like you've tuned into and you know sorry it's amazing work it's very fascinating work this is why i call it this is an art pick yeah uh because it's artists experimenting with um science to create art yeah so generative art it's a it's a curiosity generative art um as as a mechanism to be a collaborator versus as an artist is also fascinating to me and I've seen different talks and whatnot too. This might have to be a whole topic, uh, future. Clearly art you have a lot on this. Yeah. Cause I, and I have questions, but, um, Oh, what are your, what are your questions? Um, well, I don't yeah. think they're fully, fully. Uh, so finishing clear. the Beatles thought then the, the, it, after about 30 attempts, it sounds, it goes from maybe you're hearing the Beatles put through some weird blender in the beginning, but it's nonsense, utter not not even like a, a musical rhythm pattern thing that you could get into. And it gets better and better over time. And, Interesting. And it and at the end it still sucks. But oh, okay. it's starting to become more recognizable as musical. And that's interesting. And I think what happened, like there may be just kind of a fitness match between death like this kind of um technical death metal and <laughs> uh the uh, um, machine learning machine, yeah, and, and, yeah, the their their recurrent neural network. So it per, it 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 creates something that is resembling enough of the original art, even though it's been scrambled so much and interpreted so much by being put through this algorithm. This is fascinating. And, and yeah, and so we'll have a link in the show notes and yeah, I don't know if anyone's into that or not, it. but like, I even think, so people who aren't fans of, of, uh, up-tempo music, <laughs> tempo music, uh, that, that you may say like, oh, that kind of sounds like other stuff I've heard. Um, and then for people who are fans, it's surprisingly quirky, not as bad, like a funhouse mirror version of what you've what you would enjoy, but like a band actually playing the instruments to, you know, with some intent around, you know, patterns and stuff, it's still far more interesting and enjoyable, enjoyable to me. But as an experiment, as a, you know, a creative endeavor, this, this is also a fascinating thing. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. It's not, I mean, I listened to some of it earlier and it's not for me, but you know, I like less up-tempo music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah, it's 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 rough, but it's fascinating. So, cool. Well, everybody check it out. Let us know what you think. Mhm. And then make some watering stations for the bees. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> the yeah, the while bee, you're reading the, comics. The, so, you could let's see. You could do an experiment to see if this uh the data bots. Oh yeah. And it's, um, the, the stream is called relentless doppelganger metal sign, metal sign, metal sign, metal sign, metal. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah. And they do reveal more about the, um, uh, the band behind it. And because what's funny is they, they actually fed back their results to the original band that fed 
their data for the death metal. And um, so what happened, let's see. So the band is, is a Portuguese band called Cave Master. And then, so Cave Master then made their own curated album out of the music created by the algorithm. Wow. And then they also changed it, whatever. So like they, they, they did some expressive it? play. Yeah. Man, that AI is going to want to cut. That's <laughs> the, uh, sure. So far, AI gets no cut. All right. I'll That's stop awesome. Now. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that wraps us up. Actually, no, actually, I'm joking. <laughs> we should totally do an episode on this stuff. I think we might have to. All right. I'm going to have to do some studying, though, because I don't get it yet. But... That wraps us up for today. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our art and science punk community. Robbie, where can the people find us online? So many places because, well, you got our podcast and you got our social feeds. Um, so our social feeds are places like um, Instagram, where we are art and science punks. But then you you have us on Twitter as well, where it can't fit our whole name. So we are art science punks. Excellent. And you can find our podcast feed, as Rob mentioned, at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm. We are also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts, where we would appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks, and you can reach me at our Art and Science Punks Instagram or as Kate Stenzinger on Instagram. Well, I'm also on Instagram. And I use my name, Rob Stenzinger. Fantastic. Keep building, making, and sharing. Death matter. takes a lot of energy to bust out one of those life is life's <laughs> oh yeah someone did this one recently um and it was quoting the bruce banner line in the first avengers movie of they said okay type into oh yeah your the text yeah. and then or let the autocorrect auto finish this exactly so let autofill finish this i saw it and it's like uh, that's my that's my secret cap. I'm always and then lit autocorrect pick yeah. the next words, and um, mine was something like uh, that's my secret cap. I'm always happy to be happy here with you or something like that. Aw, how cute is that? <laughs> <It's> very, <laughs> very sweet. It would be weird that to turn into the Hulk then after that. <laughs> it's just because he didn't seem happy then. That's my secret cab. I didn't do it. I don't, I don't, um, well, I, I don't do what I'm told on social media. I didn't share it. So you just did. Dang it. <laughs>